Jonah ran from God. God in his mercy and grace swallowed Jonah (laughs) with a whale and a storm. Jonah prays to God in chapter 2 and chapter 3. God forgives the people of Nineveh. They repent. God forgives and he relents concerning the calamity that was to fall on them. So let's pick up in chapter 3 verse 10 and then I'll read chapter 4. But Miss Yvonne has already told us what's going to happen. Jonah is going to soul up and pout. So if you've ever had Plum's disease, poor little old me, he's going to have it. Let's pick up in Jonah chapter 3 verse 10. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Chapter 4, but it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was this not what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. The Lord said, Do you have good reason to be angry? Then Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it, and there he made a shelter for himself. He sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen in the city. So the Lord God appointed a plant, and it grew up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from his discomfort, and Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. But God appointed a worm when dawn came the next day, and it attacked the plant, and it withered. And it came about that when the sun came up, that God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and he begged with all of his soul to die, saying, Death is better to me than life. Then God said to Jonah, Do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? Jonah said, I have good reason to be angry, even to death. Then the Lord said, You had compassion on the plant for which you did not work and for which you did not cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. And should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and left hand, as well as many animals? And that's the end. Wait, what happens next? <laughs> you ever been to a movie that ends very abruptly without a um, what you would consider to be a, a fulfilling conclusion? This ends abruptly and uh, leaves a little bit to desire to be desired, doesn't it? What happens next? So commentators struggle with the silence at the end of Jonah. But I'm going to try to make a a point with that. 
Let's back up and first consider the displeasure of Jonah, okay? Um, Jonah in verse 1 is wallowing in displeasure and self-pity. He has Plum's disease. Poor little old me. He is upset with God because God has been compassionate towards the people Jonah considered to be the enemies of the people of God. And he becomes very angry. As someone said, anger is just one letter away from danger. Think about that. Look at verse 1. He's greatly displeased and Jonah becomes angry. He is mad at God because God has relented the calamity that he had appointed to Nineveh. He's disappointed that the people responded positively to the message that he preached. (laughs) That seems so strange. So first we see Jonah pouting. He's pouting. And I'm sure that never happens to us, even as adults, when we don't get our way. No, we adults have our own versions of pouting and displeasure. And normally we take that out on other people, the dog or the cat. So Jonah is wallowing in self-pity, and he's a prophet of God. Well, the Bible's honest, isn't it, about the people within the Bible and their frailties and their problems. Then we see him not only first pouting, now we see him praying. Here's what one thing in Jonah's favor, he takes his pouting to God and he has a conversation with God. So when you pout, start praying and start having a conversation with God. When you're angry, start praying and have a conversation with God. So he pours out his heart to God and what we find is that we find as he prays, we find the whole reason that he ran from God. Jonah waits till the end of the book to tell us why he ran. Why did he run? He tells God, he confesses, well, this is the problem, God. I knew that you were gracious. I knew you were compassionate. I knew you were slow to anger. I knew you were abounding in loving kindness. And you're one who relents at calamity. Therefore, I ran from you because I didn't want you to see or be gracious and loving to my enemies. So this morning we sang, everyone needs compassion, right? The kindness of a Savior. Jonah would say, "Uh uh-uh, not everybody. (laughs) Not Nineveh. (laughs) Those people are awful. They're rotten. God, I know, have you ever been angry with God about his compassion? Yeah. We're to rejoice with those who rejoice, but we don't always rejoice with those who rejoice. Sometimes we pout and we're jealous and we're angry that God was gracious to other people and gave them what we wanted or what we felt like we deserved. You know who Jonah is like in this passage? He has what we could call the older brother syndrome of Luke 15. Remember the prodigal returned home? And the dad gave a big party for this sinner who had returned. And who pouted like Jonah? 
the older brother. Well, you never did that for me. And I never left you. And I've been working this whole time. And you want to... No, he's pouting. You know what he's got? His heart has forgotten how gracious God has been to him. And that's what the father in the parable tries to remind the older brother. Look, everything I have is yours. I haven't taken anything away from you. I'm just being gracious to whom I desire to be gracious with what I have. So Jonah pouts, and then he does something to prove that he's going he's gonna to make it on his own. And we do this too. So what he says is, okay, Lord, I want, I want you to take my life from me. Just take my life. He's not the only prophet of God who has ever said, Lord, I'm ready to die. Just take. If this is how you operate, Lord, I'd rather be dead. I'd rather be dead than watch you be gracious to my enemies. That's what he says in verse 3. Death is better than me than life. Now, he's angry. Then God asks this question that you and I always need to ask ourselves, and this is why praying was the right thing for him to do. Look at verse 4. Jonah, do you have good reason to be angry? Jonah felt justified to be angry about God's compassion, didn't he? He felt he was right. So look at what he does in verse 5. I'll show you, God, that I've got good reason. I'll make it on my own without you. So he goes out from the city. He sits down. This is a real pity party right here. (laughs) And he makes a shelter for himself. He builds self-righteousness, self-works. I'll just, I'll, I'll construct my own life, right? And he sits in it in the shade, and now I'll just see what happens. Okay. Look at verse 6 and how gracious God is to Jonah, even in his foul mood. What does God do? God grows a plant that covers Jonah's head from the heat better than Jonah had made for himself. You remember when Adam and Eve tried to construct for themselves coverings to hide their sin and their shame? They were trying their own way. God killed an animal to cover them more appropriately with his way, which was grace. So God is extremely gracious to Jonah and gives him better shade than the shade he made. Why, now how's Jonah in verse 6? Oh, man, I like this. I love this shade. He's happy. Well, he goes from pouting and angry to happy, and it's all about himself and how he feels. So now he's extremely happy. Well... Verse 7, God is continuing to work on Jonah and his character and his heart. God then, hey, the, what Job say? The Lord gives and the Lord also what? He takes away. God is very gracious to us, but at times he will take things away from us so that we'll see who we really are and how much we really need him. God in 2020 has taken a lot of things away. That should make us appreciate what we have more. But oftentimes, what do we do? We pout, we get angry, and we forget about the blessings that have come to us 
in the past. So, God gives the shade, which is wonderful, and I'm happy, and I'm on top of the world, but then God then takes it away. So when dawn came, a worm, they, how do you know God did it? The Bible says God appointed the worm. God had appointed the plant, and now God appointed the worm. It attacks the plant. It withers. And then the sun comes up the next day. Look, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah. And now, well, he thought he had problems before. He was going to make it without God. God is showing him, I'm in control of everything. I control the sun. I control the wind. I control the plants. I control the worms. And I, I am a source of grace, but I also can be a source of discipline. And then Jonah begged with all his soul to die. Lord, take me out. This is worse than where I was before. Now, earlier he said in verse 3, please take my life from me. Death is better. But now he says, with all his soul. He's, he's all into dying now. Death's better to me than life. So then God said, notice God, Jonah, God, Jonah. Then God said, Jonah, do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? He's back to the other question. Now, before, Jonah felt justified in his anger, didn't he? Yeah, I've got reason to be angry. You were, you were gracious to my enemies. I don't like that. He's forgotten how gracious God was to him. Now, so God was gracious to Jonah in his anger and pity, and now God's removed that and shows Jonah what it's like without him. Jonah in verse 9 still says, I have good reason to be angry, even to death. And Jonah, he's still stuck right in his justified anger. So then God says this. The Lord said, you had compassion on the plant. Well, sure, Jonah loved the plant. It was beneficial to him. But Jonah, let me tell you something. You didn't work for that plant. That plant just came up overnight. You didn't cause it to grow. And then it perished overnight. It was here and gone. What's, what's God trying to teach Jonah? Everything that we have is from him. It's from his grace. And when we're angry and pouty, we've forgotten mercy. We have forgotten that what we at all really do deserve is hell. We deserve that scorching sun of the wrath of God all the time. But in His grace and mercy, He's withheld what we deserve, and He's put it on Jesus. Jesus bore the scorching wrath and wind of God's mercy due sinners. God says, verse 11, Oh, you love the plant. I love people. Look at verse 11. Jonah, you understand what it is to love something and then it's gone? Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city? There's 120,000 persons, souls in that city. And they don't know the difference between their right hand and their left hand. 
And not only that, but I've got animals there too. You want proof that God has compassion for animals? There it is. All creatures, great and small, the Lord God made and loves them all. It's interesting that Jonah doesn't reply after that. He doesn't have anything else to say. So we're left to wonder, did he get it? I think his silence to a degree proves that he finally has gotten it. Paul said in Romans 3 that the mercy of God and the grace of God shuts our mouth. Chapter 3, well, 14 through 20. As sinners, our mouths are full of cursing and bitterness and feet swift to shed blood, destruction and misery in our paths. There's no fear of God before our eyes. But by the works of the flesh, works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes knowledge of sin. Verse 19 is what I was looking for. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. Look at this, that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Every mouth closed and the whole world silenced before God. I think Jonah's in that place. God cared for Nineveh. God was concerned for others. God created Nineveh. God tended Nineveh. And the people of Nineveh had eternal value. God's concern was and is for human life. God's concern for Nineveh was through this prayer and repentance, God displayed his concern and his love for the people of Nineveh, but Jonah's heart didn't match God's heart, did it? God had a heart for Nineveh, but Jonah didn't have a heart for Nineveh. And Jonah needs to be brought to silence so that he can appreciate and be grateful for the mercy that God has given him. So let's back up. We see Jonah pouting. Then we see Jonah pleading. Then we see Jonah pleased. And last of all, we see Jonah positioned, placed. He's in the right place. And what is that? Silent before holy, almighty God with no more anger and no more questions and no more running. We just have him left there in a position of God saying, think about how compassionate I've been toward Nineveh and you. So the mercy and grace of God ought to silence us to a degree and humble us. And then once our hearts get right, we can go out and share in the right way the words of God that are God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. God oftentimes has to put people in the right position. He has to place them. 
I'm thinking about the Pharisee and the publican. Two men went up to pray in Luke chapter 18, and one is a Pharisee, and he says, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. I'm not a swindler. I'm not an adulterer. I I tithe. I attend services. I do all these things for you, and I'm especially not like this tax collector here. The tax collector's... His words are few. The Bible says he would hardly even could hardly even look up to God, and all he says is, "Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner." He's in the right place, and God says to him, "The tax collector is the one who went home justified because he knew his place before God." Jonah has yet to find his place before God, but I think chapter four is in the process of putting him there. So, silence before God and total reliance on his mercy. That will lead all of us to humility and to pray that we could share his heart for people. Everyone needs compassion, the kindness of a Savior. Let's not allow that to prevent us from rejoicing over the compassion that God shows towards our enemies. You had a pity party lately over what's been taken away from us, from you? Loss and grief. There's a lot of reasons we can feel sorry for ourselves. But we got to step back and ask from God as God asks us, do you have a right to be angry? Sometimes we say, yeah. And then God has to teach us and mold us and shape us. Nah, I'll take, I'll take mercy all day long, right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for what we learned from Jonah. He was a reluctant prophet who did not share your heart, but you, you were so gracious to him. You sent a whale to save him. And to do your work, you continue to use him in spite of his bad attitude. I'm grateful that you use us even when our attitudes aren't perfectly lined up with your heart and will. Lord, you can hit a straight lick with a crooked stick. You did that with Jonah. But you cared about Jonah and you continued to work on his heart even after Nineveh repented. You came to him in prayer. You asked him the right questions. You gave him the right truth, that you cared deeply about all people. Help our hearts to be also full of grace and mercy and appreciation for what you've done for us. And that while we were sinners and enemies of God, you loved us and sent your Son. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, that is the end of our message. Any thoughts or questions?